Welcome back to the Open Source Startup Podcast. This is Tim from Essence BC and our lovely co-host partner from Kawi Ventures, Robbie. So we're super excited to have Hong, the CEO of Acuity, to come talk about the company behind Argo, which is a pretty popular open source project runs on top of Kubernetes that runs a ton of workflow. So welcome, Hong. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So on this podcast, we like to go all the way back to the beginning. So why don't you first tell us where the idea for Argo came from, and then we can talk about how you built a company tied to Argo a few years, I believe, later. Wow, that's a long story because the team was uh, also was a little bit like into our journey. I think we overlapped a tiny bit because he visited our office when we was a startup. That was about six, seven years ago. But yeah, I can start with the, at the beginning. So we are a group of people actually initially worked at a startup called Tintree. That is a storage company, which is still there. And uh, we left that company. And one thing we learned from that journey is uh, we really liked automation. We think automation prevail and automation can save engineer hours, can boost in the, uh, the product quality. And we want to do some innovation in that space, which is kind of like DevOps space. So that was about 2016-ish time. So I know if you guys traverse back to the history at that time, it's kind of like a container world, like about Docker, about Mesosphere, about Kubernetes, about Docker Swarm, and also the microservices, GoLand, and the public cloud. It's a lot of the buzzword in that time. So what our idea at that time, as this startup called Applatix, is we trying to build the next generation CI/CD solution based on container on the public cloud. That's basically our kind of like mission statement at that time. And it was a very deep journey. I would say we tried a lot of ideas and we are trying to solve a lot of technical challenges. And the first question will be, do we go with Mesosphere? Do we go with Docker Swarm? Do we go with Kubernetes? It's a life and death question, to be honest, at that time. Because you know what happened afterwards. I think Mesosphere kind of like uh, went down. Then Docker Swarm didn't take off at that time. Kubernetes was winner, sort of, at this moment. So we did pick the Kubernetes. And uh, we basically become the first group of people really, really have a deep experience about Kubernetes. So we build on top of the Kubernetes, have our DSL, regarding a workflow engine, can do the CI, can do the CD, and end-to-end solution on AWS. Basically, it's a, I would say it's a comprehensive, but also a complicated product at that time. It's we are helping you to provision a Kubernetes cluster. We are helping you install a database, which is saving all the state. That is before the ETCD opened up to us, means the CRD was born. So before that, we still run our own database. Then we need to bring up the whole stack, the UI, the backend, the executor, all the concepts in place. So we build a, a relative complicated product at the time. So the story of that is uh, it is a little bit ahead of the curve because people are starting to learning about, hey, should I pick up Docker? Kubernetes was new. They are already interested in the public cloud, but they are worried about cost, worried about all the knowledge there kind of like a, a big chunk of the thing to swallow is you need to run the public cloud. You need to run Kubernetes and you need to use a Docker container. 
it's kind of like a lot of things to sell in one shot. So in about 2017, we stepped back a little bit. So our decision is uh, in the Kubernetes ecosystem, it seems open source is the mainstream. So we decided to open source our product, the whole thing. And we basically open sourced our first Argo product and we called Argo Workflow. And uh, we know the product is a little bit too complicated. So we kind of stripped down to the bare metal is just the workflow engine. And since the CRE was born at that time, the concept, basically customer resource definition, you will be able to sort like access the database of the Kubernetes directly rather than you run your own. We basically rewrote the whole Argo, the workflow engine part in the Kubernetes native way. So that was done about the 2017 September or August time. And uh, we open sourced it and we went to the KubeCon of that year. And that was well received. People saying, hey, they never see a product like this because there are no other solution like native to the Kubernetes at that time. So before we were able to execute the next stage, because we got the core part that we want to build it on top of that, trying to building a full DevOps platform again, we got acquired by Intuit. So that kind of changed our story totally at that time. So that happened in the early time of the 2018. So the whole team went to the Intuit. Intuit has a slightly different ask for us. They wanted to deprecate their private data center and they want to move everything to Kubernetes on AWS. So that was our mission. So we actually solved a lot of the fundamental problem of actually adopting Kubernetes at large scale. So remember 2018, only JKE was there. So that's the only managed Kubernetes service. So the EKS was not born yet. I mean, I know they are working on that. So we have to solve our own like lifecycle management of the cluster. So how you create a cluster, how you upgrade cluster, how you delete a cluster. Then we also need to solve the multi-tendency problem because you don't want to run per application per cluster. You want people to share in the cluster, actually increase the utilization there. And we are also talking about how you deploy to those Kubernetes clusters. So that kind of like our answer to that is we created the Argo CD, which is kind of like right now the most popular like a continuous delivery platform or solution for Kubernetes in the open source space. And it's also graduated from the CNCF recently, last uh, November-ish. And the next big thing about developer experience is, uh, sure, you are using Kubernetes, but we have like four or 5,000 people. Engineers don't know about Kubernetes at all. You cannot just like, throw the Kubernetes to them and thinking everything will just work. So we have to do some level of the abstraction or automation to making their onboarding experience to be really like smooth. So that basically was our focus in that three, four years at Intuit. So at the peak, we are talking about, we are managing the whole Kubernetes infrastructure for Intuit. We are talking about three to 500 clusters, 20,000 namespaces, and four or 5,000 developers. So that was our scope. So in the end, the whole TurboTax traffic, the QuickBooks traffic were running on our platform end-to-end. So Argo product is the backbone of the whole system there. Yeah, definitely had a little bit of experience of what happened. But actually, what curious because when I was 
you know, at Atlantic's office back in the day, it was not open source at all, right? It was purely a product. And I think you touched on a little bit, but maybe I want to dive deeper into like the open source aspects. Once Atlantis got acquired by Intuit, looks like the team that you guys have open source Argo. And usually when you open source something, there's a hope for an outcome here, right? There's mm-hmm. either a hope, I want to build a product around this. I want to build a company around this. For an internal company, I guess this is more potentially maybe asking for contributions or users. I wasn't, it wasn't so sure what the motivation truly was in this case. Why did you open source it in the first place? And love to also dig into details like how you did it, you know, because I think even though it grew pretty quickly, I don't think it was like the conventional wisdom in some way. Mm. So maybe just talk about the why, because I really yeah. don't think that was obvious. It's a good question. So I think uh, the initial decision is more from the business perspective. As I mentioned, our original product, which is the proprietary, is uh, hard to sell in a nutshell. It's a solid product. But as I mentioned, is uh, you need convincing the people to use in public cloud. One. Second, convincing the people about the Kubernetes is the future, which is also at the early curve that time. Third is, okay, you need to containerize everything you have. That's the future. So that was a hard sell, I would say, at that time. So then we are looking, also looking at the Kubernetes community is actually booming. There's a lot of innovation, a lot of the idea, and everyone is doing the open source, especially Kubernetes is kind of like, I would say it's the second to the Linux to me. It kind of has a good, good, strong and open source community. So then we said rather than like we are trying to sort of like doing our own thing in our own mindset is we should try to join this open source family. And it turns out to be the best decision we have ever made because it's giving others a lot of the trust on us and also a lot of credibility because they see our quality of work, they see how we maintain the project and what's the business problem we can solve. I think that helps us a lot, especially help us a lot during that acquisition opportunity so we'll be able to join into it. So after Intuit, I think uh, it's a slightly different story now because uh, to be honest, like we don't have any like business of motivation to do the open source, like to be fair. But since we open source our initial Argo project, we kind of getting a feel of the vibe of the open source community. And we know what is the community can bring us. For example, we open source the Argo workflow. And soon enough, we got kind of like the Kubeflow, the TensorFlow in Kubernetes. They picked our Argo workflow as their core engine. And then we see a lot of more adoption from other sizable companies. We are talking about the CERN which is doing the high energy physics in Switzerland. We are talking about uh, BlackRock at that time. They are also early adopters of the Argo because people see the value. People are willing to contribute. People actually make the product better. So when we add Intuit, we open source new stuff. Like Argo CD was born at Intuit. We kind of already been convinced they see the best way to make the product to be even more mature and solid. We don't have any business interest. We just we just don't want to open source it. We open source the Argo CD from day one. Unlike the other companies doing the open source, is oh, you're doing the development for a year and a half, and you actually adopted it internally, being validated, then you open source it. What we do is actually quite different. 
the first line of the code is in the open source community. We kind of like just doing the open source, open source, and we adopted it into it. So in the whole time, we are getting the feedback and the support from the community about what can be done better. They have unique use case. We be able to meeting with our customers. I mean, open source customers to hear their feedback. And that was the journey. And uh, we we feel we did the right thing. That's why Argo CD kind of like stands out right now. It's so feature rich and it's being trusted by many, many companies right now. That actually is counterintuitive to a lot of people. Open source from day one, right? The first line of code doesn't mean you can go fast enough, right? Like lots of people have, you know, different opinions and stuff. So maybe I want to frame this question this way, because Argo definitely is probably one of the most popular open source projects on top of Kubernetes, I would mm-hmm. say. There's definitely many other open source projects on top of Kubernetes. Argo is probably one of that stands out. And what do you think are the key reasons or lessons that you're able to actually get so wide adoption? You talk about being the first one to build as a Kubernetes native CI/CD. There are many other Kubernetes native other things. <laughs> I don't think we got as far or as wide reach though. So what are the key lessons you learned in this open source adoption journey that you think are the right things you did that are pretty important for the growth? And also any, any lessons, things that actually didn't work out as well will be valuable too. I think when you do the open source, you need to be committed to it. So a lot of the times it means that you need to spend a lot of hours in the Slack channel to helping people because that is where you're getting most of the direct feedback. People like it, people hate it. You need to listen to that and try to understand it. And second part is uh, there will always be a debate in the end if you are a vendor. Do you add this feature in open source or do you add this feature into your proprietary solution? But uh, the intuit, we don't have this problem at all. Everything goes to the open source. We just want to make this product to be solid because we heavily rely on it. We don't plan to sell it. So I remember when I was at Intuit, we went to the KubeCon so many times, San Diego one, Seattle one, and uh, we were at the Intuit booth. We are surrounded by the vendor booth, but we are kind of like unique there. Oh, Intuit has a booth there. What are you doing here? Like, Are you guys selling the TurboTax or QuickBooks there? No, no, no. What we are doing there is simply trying to collect the feedback from the people, answer their questions about Argo. And we said, we, don't, we ask for nothing. We just want you to love Argo. I think that make a huge difference of the Argo community there. So we kind of like really appreciate it. I, I really enjoyed every single moment when I was at a KubeCon to represent the Intuit there. It's, it's purely like joy and uh, like conversation and uh, learning about each other rather than it's a sales pitch, which is other vendors are doing there. I think that really make a difference. And also, I would say, I would give a lot of credits to Intuit. So Intuit actually really, really committed to supporting us. That means they are sponsor us to be there. They are very open about our model is, hey, do the open source. Because open source really helped the product to be, like when you get a new version, for example, when we release a cut a new release, we basically put our RC there. Then we basically waiting for two weeks, just listening from the community because they are very eager to try it out and tell us what is broken, what is not working. And we are really happy 
like community can help us to finding those issues and we can quickly turn the RC like release candidate into a better version quickly. That benefits the Intuit a lot. So overall, I still think that Intuit plus Argo is a unique combination at that time. So that kind of like put a really strong foundation there. To summarize a little bit differently is uh, if you're looking at the whole landscape of all the open source product across the CNCF or across the Kubernetes ecosystem, I think Argo was one of the very few product actually done by end users, the true end users. So I think that's kind of like a unique positioning there at that time. So that make it really, really growing very fast and rapidly due to that. Yeah, I think you highlight a really interesting point here where you had many years to grow the Argo community before thinking about turning it into like a paid product or company. We see so many open source companies today where they like raise money as the company is launching their project and then it like flips to monetization mode really quickly. You had the benefit of having many years of building this really awesome community before thinking about that. So why don't you talk a bit about 2021? So when Acuity is formed, what was it that kind of changed your mind, your and the team's mind about, okay, wait, we can take Argo. There are some paid product opportunities here. Like, was there anything about the community or activity or growth that really moved you in that direction? I think the community actually outgrowed us. So what I mean is uh, there are so many adoptions, so many sizable companies, Fortune 500, uh, using Argo already in production and in a large scale. So I'm talking about at Intuit, I'm talking about that many clusters, like that many namespaces we are managing. And we actually have a very like deep knowledge of the team in the day-to-day basis. Like We are not only writing the code, but we are running Argo in a large scale, and we are babysitting those instances. So we see that we just like we cannot keep up with the community anymore. So we have our like internal agenda we need to finish for Intuit. We need to work on open source Argo driving the next set of the features. And we need to like babysitting our internal infrastructure there. And we don't have enough time for the community, but the community needs us. And people are asking very deep questions. So it's not about yes or no. It's not about a pasting a link to answer the particular question. You need someone really spend two, three hours with a particular like customer. I'm talking about community customer to asking good question, to getting this question answered, then pinpoint to where they can actually making things better or make the situation better. So we do see that as a point is, uh, I believe we need to do something. So sure, we are looking for our next journey and opportunity. I think Argo is there for us and we can help the community. We already see the value we can add to the community there by being a vendor by being more dedicated our time to the community and uh, helping them. So that's basically where we were and we're thinking we want to pursue that opportunity. And uh, additionally, we also had that vision regarding Argo, especially Argo CD. We think there is a different architecture we can adopt to solving a lot of the growth pain for the people to use in Argo CD. And we want to turn that solution to trying to 
implement that solution and trying to present a solution as an option for the people to adopt there. Especially, we are not only did the open source Argo CD, but also run the Argo CD in large scale. So we understand the pain point, especially for the sizable company when they adopt it. I think those can be a true product we can build. So I think it's a valid question because we getting those questions sometimes it's about how you balance out what do you do with open source? What do you do with your own solution? I think we are still trying to find the, the perfect balance there. So I think our answer to that is uh, we still spend more than half of time to doing the open source development. So any feature is doable in open source. We do that in the open source. But open source has limitations. This limitation is not about uh, like speculation. It's more about hard limitation. Because open source doesn't have a time series database, means it doesn't have a long retention of the history about things. Open source is kind of like, uh, it should be very easy to install, very easy to upgrade. So normally the open source has to go with this like centralized architecture. Those are kind of like hard limitations. So we put whatever the feature can be done in the open source, still in the open source, but we spend time to putting additional features that cannot be done in open source into our own solution that can be more future-proof and can be adopted by the sizable and bigger companies. But it does come in with other benefits. So people see the value of those also. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think Argo definitely grew with the need with mm-hmm. a lot of people actually betting on Kubernetes to be like the central platform. Having a Kubernetes native product really also makes all the related Kubernetes things work well, right? I definitely see Argo able to benefit from that. Now I can submit a CRD from another tool and all my latest toolings and and platforms are much more familiar with that. And I want to kind of touch on like this sort of company transition, right? Now you Mm -hmm. have the company around Argo. And I feel like when you're in this company mindset again, right? You know, until it was a user, now you're back in the company mindset. Okay, now I had to find my buyers, right? My users. Mm-hmm. I can either continue to grow Argo on this journey or trying to package Argo to be just a CI CD product that doesn't really matter to use a Kubernetes or not, right? There's there's different ways to play it. I just wonder what was your thought process here when it comes to like jumping into the CI CD market? Do you see yourself jumping in a CI CD market and trying to just grow Argo? Or do you feel like this is going to be what everybody will land on. Right? There's such a big enough market here just to have CICD on Kubernetes. We just need to grow the existing community and just commercialize some offerings on top. Yeah, it's a, actually a good, very deep question. So here's our view. And I, I want to say my view is absolutely correct, but I definitely think there's a lot of different perspective. So to us, is uh, my personal view is... Uh, Linux is the most popular and dominant like operating system. That's basically everyone kind of like already familiar with it and very comfortable to run it. So we believe the Kubernetes is more like the cloud operating system for the future. And uh, basically we are betting on that as the Kubernetes will just grow and grow. It's becoming more like ubiquitous. It's the solution, especially Nowadays, people are talking about, uh, I don't know, multi-cloud. They want running. There are some trend to moving more to the public cloud. There are also the trend to moving back from public cloud to the private data center due to the cost, due to other things. 
But just thinking hard about it, what is the solution to that? You need some level of abstraction. You need some level of abstraction. Otherwise, you kind of like, okay, I'm running AWS Lambda. How I can do the Lambda in my private data center, right? It's all those questions will surface. So even the Ansos, Google Ansos, even EKS Anywhere, like they are basically trying to like do that story. In a way, they are pushing for also the Kubernetes is the right abstraction for everyone. So in that sense, we are more focused on the CI/CD space for Kubernetes because we thinking the Kubernetes, uh, the footprint, the growth will be for the future and it will be bigger and bigger. And uh, I think what intrigues me about Kubernetes, I did mention the CRD a lot. I think uh, because it's a, such an important component of the idea that uh, Kubernetes brought to the ecosystem, it's such an extensible system. So you're just following the pattern of following the controller framework, you're following the operator's framework. You'll be able to do so much like customization like there, and you basically have the bare bone system. You can do, you can bring the other controller, like Argo CD is a controller, Argo Workflow is a controller. You can write your own controller, like proprietary, just like solving your company problem there. To me, to answer your question, Kubernetes to me is the future. I think we, rather than trying to do a lot of the expanding to customize to a different solution here and there, I think Kubernetes is the language everyone will learn and everyone will kind of benefit some level of the standardization here in the future. So to be honest, like the infrastructure is supposed to be boring and boring in the future. So I think the Kubernetes will become the boring thing. You are doing the kubectl get pause. That was more like a LS command on your terminal in the future. So I want to talk a bit about the monetization plan for Acuity and how you actually learned and thought about how to price and like who you went to, because I imagine like for yourself and for other folks on the team, never done go to market before. There's all these complications that come with trying to monetize an open source project and put products on top. So like, what were some of your biggest learnings and like, how did you iterate on pricing and packaging to get where you are today? I would say I don't have the best answer we are learning. I think we will make mistake, or maybe we are making mistake right now. But I think we are doing fine right now, and we are growing. And uh, to answer your question, I think we need to go back to the what does like commercialization mean to us, right? I think to us is uh, we always trying to find the harmony point between us and open source. As I mentioned, we are committed to open source. We are driving the features. We have the biggest like. I think we have one of the biggest like Argo contributors in the company. We have the tech lead team. So we are driving the roadmap. So we are doing those. But at the same time is we understand why people choose Argo. Team mentioned about, hey, whether you should package the Argo in a different way and giving a different solution to the people. The answer is we don't want to do that because people picked Argo because Argo has the first class, like I would say the best developer experience of all the product across the Kubernetes space. So if you're asking people why they choose Argo, the simple answer is they have a UI. But people don't know, or people zoom in to say, hey, Argo CD is more than just GitOps. Like GitOps is just like GitOps, that's it. But it's about a, it's a Kubernetes dashboard. You basically see everything. It's a live dashboard. 
and it's organized by the application, and you see the live data, you'll be able to interact with your resources in the real time. And you'll be able to do the multi-tendency through the Argo. You'll be able to manage multiple clusters, means if you are doing the multi-cloud or multiple region or multiple VPC, you can manage it through one Argo. You won't have that visibility. You won't know what's going on. And it has very deep health check, means it's not about deployment. It's kind of like a continuous monitoring also. Is once you deployed, great. It's deployed successful. But what's then? You still have someone to make mistakes, like someone maybe using the kubectl command and actually delete something or change some setting. Argo detects those things. Argo can give you the alert about, hey, it's out of sync. Argo will see the application is unhealthy. It's more than just GitOps. That's why people love Argo. It's more than just like deploying. So the key thing is... Uh, our enterprise software or our enterprise version doesn't shadow any of those. It is the same user experience. People love it. So to our answer is we want to retain what people love the most, but we want to take the other burden away from our users is uh, you don't need to uh, like uh, babysit it because Argo can like release very frequently. They have the CVE, how you can upgrade your Argo instance quickly. And do you worry about uh, the security because Argo open source version has a different deployment model, means your Argo has to direct access to the API server, has to have the credential to all the clusters. So we have a better answer to that with a distributed architecture. Then we're talking about scalability. Sure, open source Argo with some tuning, you can run it with 1,000 application. That's fine. Most of the customer is happy with that. But what if you are running 5,000, 10,000 applications? So do you have the expertise or do you have a team can fine-tune everything, can babysit in the same? And do you need over-provisioning a lot to accommodate that growth? And do you see that coming? So we want giving the people the alternative solution using us. You don't losing any benefits from the open source Argo but you're getting more additional advantage because you don't need to worry about the tuning, you don't worry about the scalability, you don't worry about the security posture. So we're basically giving a much better version. On top of that, I think the key things we did is we already make the open source version to be extensible, means in the same developer experience, we can add additional tabs, we can add additional buttons, those are features actually will be added from the enterprise version. Even our open source user, if they have the expertise, they can actually extending the Argo CD with additional functionalities. They can do that. But we do that because in our version, I think we have a long-term storage. So we'll be able to providing the long-term audit record, long-term sync history, and the long-term additional features for our users, enterprise features, and make our product more attractive. That is not available in open source. Oh, it's kind of like it's not possible in open source. As I keep saying that, if something is possible in open source, we just make it an open source feature. I did hear you asking about the pricing thing. So I think we are we are the believer of charging the people by the true usage. We don't want to be in the position about, hey, we are selling the developer seeds. So even you have a 100 developer team, but maybe just like 30 developers are actually using your product, rest of them are not actually bothering to do anything. So you are charging for them. So we are not trying to go to that direction. 
we are trying to charge him by the number of the Argo CD instances because that kind of like the instance, you you kind of like need the resource to run and you pay for that. And charging by the number of the Argo CD applications because that's kind of like the life cycle you're using. We don't charge him by developer because we think Argo CD should give every single one in the company the read-only access at least because people need to know what's going on. People want to learn from each other by learning from others about, hey, you are running the Kubernetes application that way. You have that configuration. We should let the people to be equipped with more information so they can be learning from others more efficiently and be able, especially when something bad happened, they be able to gather the information, troubleshooting the problem and get out of that situation faster rather than worry about the seeds, rather about like paying for the developer seats there. So it's just our belief. So yeah, we are based on the true usage, as I said. So we don't even charge in per application. We charge in per 50 application because we like to think in bundle the thing is the right approach because the people won't to worry about like one application, two application, like 50 application, then 100, 150, it's a good uh, kind of like steps for people to say, hey, you just buy so many. You don't need to worry about to buy one and uh, remove one there. So Hong, you talked a lot about how developer experience is a huge focus for Argo. And we hear that for Argo and for Acuity. We hear that from a lot of founders where they talk about just how important a great developer or engineering experience is for their users. And you talked a bit about what that means as far as simplifying Kubernetes and providing real-time data. But how do you constantly like test and make sure that you are providing that great developer experience, especially as you have more and more DevOps users from different size companies with different needs that are joining the community? Like, what is your feedback loop of knowing, like, yes, we are delivering on that great developer experience promise? I think it's mostly just from the community because the community is uh, very strong and uh, they are the hardcore, either from the platform engineer side of DevOps. You know, the smart people normally also the lazy people because they, they are lazy enough trying to spend time to do more automation rather than do everything like manually. So that kind of like what we learn from the community is uh, they actually always like talking about something about self-serve is rather than they becoming the like ticketer, ticket processor. I mean, someone submits them ticket, so they do something for them that solve the problem. They actually want to enable the people to have the right visibility and the right privilege so they can self-solve their own problem. I think we got a lot of learning from that. And actually, I still want to go back to our Intuit experience because, as I mentioned, we have like four or 5,000 developers don't know about Kubernetes at all. So you don't want like four or 5,000 people to submit the ticket to you every day. So we are the lazy people. So we want to build something to give them enough information, you look at the Argo. So when you troubleshooting something, what do you see on the Argo UI? You see the dependency of the Kubernetes object to help you understand what does Kubernetes do. We have the networking view, basically help you understand if you configure the Kubernetes a certain way, how the data, how the request is like flowing through. We have, a, I call it the HA view, high availability view, that we help you understand running your application what is your pod distribution? Is your pod is distributed in multiple nodes? Uh, they are only running on one node because that kind of like not HA. Even you're running multiple pods. 
and we have uh, the log. People can click on the pod in the Argo CD UI to look at the live log. You can click on the Kubernetes events page, look at all the Kubernetes events of that deployment, of that pod, of that application. Then we even recently, I think last year, we added a terminal feature. If you have the right permission, you can actually SSH into your pod directly, be able to quickly troubleshoot. I think you get my point now. We basically equipped Argo CD with a lot of the information and visibility, and we want people can self-serve to solving their own problem rather than they need to rely on the kubectl command to do it. So that kind of like boosting the efficiency. And also when we measure it, I think one thing we learned at Intuit is uh, we actually using the Argo CD to dramatically reduce the MTTD and MTTR regarding the instant. Every second or every minute means the money for the business, like the revenue. Because Argo City is such an information-rich place, like people kind of like rely on the Argo City to try out the problem quickly related to the infrastructure, related to Kubernetes, related to their application. So that was a great success. I think the people, once they start in POC about Argo, they may not summarize the point like me, like here, but they can get that idea very quickly. They understand this is a boosting their experience about Kubernetes, and this is kind of like a must-have for them. I think you definitely touched on one important part, betting on Kubernetes to be the central platform that people want to be betting on long-term is the central theme here. Maybe I want to touch on what did you learn? Because you know, you're a really early engineer at Blatix, went to Intuit, and then now being a CEO of an open source-based company, right? First time. <laughs> yeah. What are the key learnings? Actually, what did you learn from Appletics, maybe, that you brought into Acuity? And what are like some big learnings you also learned here? Uh, I think no matter when you're building a company or building a product, it has to be customer-centric. So I think the, the biggest learning I learned, or at least I learned from multiple my startup experience is uh, no matter what, where you are, you need a starting to get your customers paid or unpaid. Like you have to have it. So if you don't have it, I think it will make you harder to build a successful product. I define successful in multiple things. It's not about your technology is solid. It's about is whether you're building something and people are willing to use. And in the end, people are willing to see the value and work with you in the end. So if you think your product, I mean, sure, you can build in a proprietary solution, perfectly fine. But do you have customers for your proprietary solution? If you don't, that means you don't have that feedback loop. So I think you have a higher chance or higher probability actually go to the direction is actually not benefits your customers in the end. I think that's very important. So you need that feedback loop. And uh, I learned also in another way, it's not about how many features you want to add to your product. It's actually how many appreciated features you want to add to your product. Means uh, you can do things slightly differently is rather than you speculate, hey, I believe Tim is our future customer. I can build this uh, feature A, B, C, D, E for you. And then I go to talk to you. Hey, I build it. Try it. You will like it. I would rather we got a very, very strong engineer team has a very strong execution skills 
And uh, I would rather talk with Team U is I understand your use case properly. And we can build the product, prototype everything in two, three weeks. And then we can validate the idea. Then we go to the next stage. And in the end, we're building a product actually appreciated by you. And in the end, maybe we have a business opportunity with each other. I think that is a much better and sustainable cycle rather than you building your company on only the speculation. So you take your small steps, you validate it. If people don't like it, you scratch it off and you start another cycle. You don't want to go too far away to invest too much. And then you basically build something like people don't appreciate. And what do you do with it? It's too far away. I still think that's my just my personal opinion because uh, I still agree if someone argue with me, a lot of great companies are building by some level of arrogance <laughs> because they are ahead of everyone. They know more and they thinking they have uh, more like a future-proof idea there. So they execute on that. They are stubborn about their idea. But in the end, they, they also could be very successful. But uh, to me, we are more on this uh, more like experimentation and uh, understanding, then put that into the action, like the small loops rather than a big stripe. So I think that is our model. Awesome. Well, there are so many great nuggets in here for other open source founders. Thank you so much for joining us, Hong. We really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.